Hello, and welcome to the Keep It Cute blog podcast. Before I get into our discussion today, I first want to thank anyone and everyone who tuned into my very first podcast episode a few weeks ago. I received a lot of wonderful feedback, and I truly am grateful to all of you. If you didn't get a chance to listen yet, that's okay. You can find Keep It Cute blog podcast on many of the streaming platforms out there, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and if you'd rather watch as opposed to just listen, you can find it on YouTube. All right, now that we got that out of the way, let's start with the question of the day, shall we? And remember, if you want to share your thoughts on the question, you can do so via the Facebook post on the Keep It Cute blog page, uh, via email at keepitcuteblogpod at gmail.com or under the YouTube video. If you don't know, um, on the uh, Keep It Cute blog podcast, uh, well, on the Facebook page, I uh, I posted that since it was, you know, Valentine's Day this month, I, I know I'm late, it's the, the end of the month, but we're still in February. Um, since we had Valentine's Day, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about love in this episode. So uh, today's question is, what is your love style? If you don't already know, um, there is a quiz that can help you figure out how you prefer to give and receive love. So I think most people are familiar with uh, the five love languages. Um, if you're not familiar, it's a concept that was created by uh, Dr. Gary Chapman, uh, who is a couples counselor. He observed that people uh, differ in what sort of interactions make them feel loved. Those are, uh, if, you, if you recall, the acts of service, receiving gifts, uh, quality time, words of affirmation, and physical touch. Uh, the research done by a company called Truity uh, offer some improvements to that five love languages concept. So y'all, I took this quiz. There were like 50 questions. I kind of had an idea of what my love style was. So I thought it would be interesting to see how accurate it would be. And it turns out my love language is intellectual, meaning I like to connect through the mind. I feel loved when my partner values my intelligence, respects my opinion, and takes part in thoughtful discussion of important issues. It does include a desire to spend quality time together, but it focuses more specifically on a meeting of minds and valuing each other's intelligence. I was like, really? (laughs) So that's kind of like where I was. I was kind of on the fence a little bit because, I mean, you know, while, you know, everybody, you know, you, you would hope that if you're in a marriage or a partnership, um, that you, you know, enjoy physical touch and things of that nature. But I really, really, really do enjoy a, a great conversation and, you know, understanding uh, different viewpoints. Um, so that that actually, you know, kind of I was I was pretty impressed with with the, the results of the quiz. Um, people with this dominant love, love style seek a partner who asks for their opinion because they care about what they have to say. So this type is likely to enjoy deep conversations about things that matter to them and a partner who will happily debate ideas. Now, the another reason why I can see this being true is because Carl and I obviously don't always see eye to eye, but I think we've worked really hard at making it a point to listen to one another's viewpoints. I actually enjoy hearing his perspective on certain things because we found that based on our individual perception, neither of us is really wrong in how we feel. We just don't initially look at it the same. But those conversations are really intriguing and attractive to me. Um, The other six love styles are physical, emotional, appreciation, financial, activity, and practical. 
So if you want to just get the basic result, you can take the quiz at www.truity.com. And I think a lot of you guys might find it quite interesting so that you can, you know, to, to, to see what your love style is. Because you may think you know, but, you know, depending on how you answer these questions, it, you know, kind of may, may change you up a little bit. So, all right, now that we got that out of the way, I was uh, reminiscing recently about my transition, if you will, into uh, becoming a wife. Now, please know, I am only speaking from my, Leah, my okay, experience and what I've seen. But I don't think that most people go into marriage knowing how much they will have to adjust, change, sacrifice, compromise, all of that. Now, I'm not saying change who you are, but everything about you won't remain the same. Before I was married, I was extremely independent and very stuck in my ways because I didn't have to share my space. I didn't have to tell anyone where I was going and when I was coming back. I didn't have to discuss how I was spending my money. I didn't have to consider anyone's feelings when I made certain decisions. Life was good, you know, if I'm being honest. Was there something missing? Not that I noticed initially. I never was really that girl that had visions of a dream wedding. I actually didn't think I would ever get married because my mind wasn't even open to it after a while. I was a young mother of two and all of my focus was on them. I was working, taking care of them. And trust when I say that it was one of the toughest times of my life with everything I was dealing with, like nobody was thinking about being in love. So fast forward about two years and I reconnected with someone who I never thought I would ever see again in life. And then you fast forward another six months and now I'm a wife. So I'll have my husband on the show one day and we'll talk about that story, but Anyway, I am not ashamed to say that I was probably not quite ready to be anyone's wife. And looking back, I can tell you exactly where I went wrong from the beginning. Little did I know there were certain things about me that would affect my marriage later. In this moment, I'm not talking about anything that my husband had to work on on his own. I'm talking about me. And see, that's our problem most times. When we're supposed to be talking about our stuff, we're always quick to be like, but he or but she, nope, we got to worry about you and what you need to do to make it better. Like we can't change anyone else. You know, we, we can only change ourselves, right? Okay, but I digress. So early on in the marriage, I remember my husband rushing ahead of me to open a door. Y'all, your girl was out here acting a whole fool talking about, you ain't got to open the door for me. I can get it myself. Now, was that even necessary? It wasn't. Another time he bought an outfit for me and a pair of shoes. That triggered something in me all the way from when I was dating this guy back in high school. He bought me an outfit. This this the guy that I that I dated in high school. And very briefly, I might add. He bought an outfit for me and he said to me, I hope you wear it when I ask you to. And I was like, huh? He said, when you come to watch me play basketball, I want you to wear this outfit. Now, y'all know, wasn't nobody going to tell me when and where I was going to wear anything. So I was like, if I want to wear it, I will. That resulted in a whole argument. And I basically told him he could take his little corny outfit back if it was going to be like that. But I guess I wore him down because surprisingly, he was like, I don't want it back. Just wear it when you want. <laughs> so when I say my husband buying me that outfit took me back to that place, I lied to you not. We stood in our kitchen like it was a standoff. And I was like, you don't need to buy me clothes. I don't even wear clothes like that. You're trying to change me. 
He literally just stood there like, really, Leah? My mind was already like predisposed to believe that allowing someone to do something like that for me was giving away my power. I had to ask God to really help me learn how to receive without thinking that there was a condition attached to it, whether it was a physical gift, a compliment, a hug, a kind gesture, anything. It took some time, but I was finally able to get there. And now, like, I want to give those things to other people, you know, a compliment, uh, do something nice for them. You know, those are things that now I wanted, I use to show my love. So I did learn something from it. And so part of learning about ourselves and what we have to be open to is also learning what our partners need from us in return. It took a lot of years of marriage for me to understand that my husband really valued physical touch and affection. Not that most people don't, but there was something in his background that made him feel, um, you know, a certain kind of way if he didn't receive that. Like that was something that was really important to him to feel close. And, you know, these are the type of things that people don't typically discuss before they get married. And we were one of those couples caught up in, you know, the whirlwind of new love, wedding planning, raising children, finding a home, etc. All of those things that you just have to do. So after a few years of marriage, you know, we had to learn how to communicate effectively and with transparency. There are many couples that think they already do this, but you'd be surprised at how reserved your partner may be when it comes to expressing certain things because they don't know how you're going to react. I've been married for almost 17 years and we have only recently learned what true transparency is when it comes to our communication. And it, it like when I tell y'all, it has made a thousand percent difference in our relationship. See, I'm on a whole nother topic. I wasn't even supposed to be talking about this. You, you see what I'm saying? Ugh. Anyway, I was never the type of person that needed physical touch because I was so used to not having anyone in my personal space with, I mean, with the exception of my children. So for me to go weeks without anyone holding my hand or touching the small of my back or rubbing my shoulders, it didn't really affect me like it would other people. And after my husband and I had a come to Jesus conversation, I learned that he needed that. And I was just so busy with work, the kids, the house, other people that I was neglecting that fact. And it was, it was really a hard truth. Um, you know, that's tough to hear when you think that you're doing everything that you can to be the best, the best wife, the best mom, the best, you know, uh, caretaker, the best homemaker, the best cook, the best, you know, bill payer, like whatever it is, you're already thinking that you're the best. And so it's hard for somebody to say, Hey, there's hello. There's a place where you're lacking. And I had to receive that, um, from a place of love. And, you know, it was really necessary for us to have that conversation in order to keep our marriage intact. And, you know, let's just be honest, you know, it's not, you know, I, you know, I tell people all the time, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm fairly transparent with my life, you know, and I can share that marriage isn't always, you know, rainbows and unicorns. We have to make the decision every single day to be committed where we are right now. As of today, I call it light work. It's work. But to me, it's light work. And I only call it that now because we have learned each other. We have taken time to talk about the things that we need from each other. We have goals that we want to achieve together. We have forgiven each other for anything in our past that made the other feel a certain way. And we just choose to be together. It's a choice every single day, but one that we're happy to make. Because, you know, 
you don't, you don't just have to love somebody. You got to like them. You know, I have to, I have to like you, like, like the things about you. And if I can love the things about you, that makes it even better. But let's start with like, if I'm walking in the room and I'm disgusted at the sight of your face, that's a problem, right? Because of something you said to me that day, or you put me down, or, you know, you're not helping me do this and that after I've already told you that I need your help and all like, if we, if, if it's always a struggle, then, then you start to dislike somebody and their very presence bothers you. Honestly, my husband and I are, we are together for many, many hours a day, like many. I work from home. So it is, you know, if he's not out of the house working, there are things that he also does from home. So there are many days where we we literally just staring at each other in the face all day. But I like it. And not only do I like it, but I love it. I love the time that we spend together. And so, you know, it's light work right now. Now, could that change? That depends on me and him. Nobody else. That just depends on me and him. As long as that the two of us continue to make that choice every single day to work at what we've built, that's all it takes. And I mean, it's a given that we keep God first. I, I, I you know, I don't want to ever, ever, ever slight what God is in our relationship. So that's a given. God is number one. But, you know, I'm just just in the in the in the, the, the flesh form. It's between he and I. And so, you know, remember that it's the two of you and God in the marriage. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have a confidant or someone close to you that you can talk to sometimes. But folks tend to bring other people into their stuff because they just want someone to complain to or someone to agree with them. You got to make sure you have people around you when you need to get yourself together too. I have a really, really, really tight friend circle, like really tight, like tight, tight. I don't even know if I can express how tight it is. It's really tight. I don't, I don't, I don't take that word friend very lightly. And so, you know, in this, in, in the friend groups, well, the friend group that I have, um, you know, I do give a lot of advice. I'm a listener. Um, but I also play devil's advocate when the situation calls for it. You know, I give tough love and hard truths sometimes. And, you know, if you know me, then you know that it comes from an honest place of care and love. But I'm not going to be your yes girl. You know, just because you're mad doesn't mean I'm mad. Like, let's talk about every, you know, every part of the situation, not just, you know, what the other person is saying or did or whatever. You know, I want to be that person to say, okay, so how could you have made it better? Or what, you know what I mean? Not to say that, you know, uh, um, I'm not sympathetic or I'm not, you know, um, or I'm uncaring for what somebody is dealing with. But I always think that we got to deal with our own stuff and then other people have to be who they are, you know, but we got to make sure that we're dealing with our stuff too. So, you know, those are, you know, the, the, the kind of people that are always saying yes and agreeing with you. And, you know, if, if, you know, uh, never letting you know that there are things that, you know, maybe you could have done something a little bit differently. You know, when when you have those kind of people, those are the people that will throw it back in your face if you tell them, you know, something that you're going through and then, you know, you, you forgive, you know, the person that did you wrong and you try to move on. They're the ones that's going to always remember that one incident and keep reminding you about it. You know, I remember my dad telling me before I got married, that he was going to give me the same advice that one of his uncles gave him. Keep your family out of your marriage. It's hard to do because your family's first instinct is to protect you, as it should be. 
So of course you want their support if you have a rough patch. I get that because I'm that family member too. Tell me, you know, what's going on. But I, you know, I'm also a family member that once you say that you're over it, or you, maybe you went back to somebody that I was like, like, you know, stay away from them. Or maybe you just want to move on and don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm done. That's your business. Now, unless you're getting beat upside the head every other day, as my sister would say, if you like it, I love it. Most family members won't take that stance though. So share your details at your own risk. I'm just saying. You know, you never know exactly what the future is going to hold. You don't really know, um, you know, the kind of changes that people make in their lives or, um, you know, you, you just yourself might just get to a place where you're like, you know what? I don't want to have any problems with anybody. Let me, you know, let's, let's, let's squash this so that, you know, when I see you, it's not funny, you know, it's not awkward. Um, so you just want to make sure that you're careful with what you share and who you share it with as it relates to your relationships, your marriage, you know, even if you're in a, you know, just in a, in a relationship, like a boyfriend, girlfriend or whatever, because I mean, let's keep it honest, boyfriends and girlfriends, I mean, they break up all the time, you know, <laughs> marriage is not that easy. You, you know, you don't just, well, I would hope that people aren't just entering marriage and then like, well, we just going to break up because it's not working. Um, but with boyfriends and girlfriends, it's a little bit different because, you know, you go through, then, you know, oh, I'm not talking to him or I'm not talking to her. And then y'all back together. So in situations like that, I always say, don't, don't tell me what's going on because if you're going to be back together with somebody next week, I don't want you to make me, you know, feel some kind of way about that person. And then now they coming around and I'm being all funky acting, you know? So, um, you know, I say, you know, all of that to say that, you know, it's, it's just really important for you to keep your stuff right and tight, right? Keep your communication open um, with your spouse so that you don't necessarily have to seek out other people, unless it's like, a, you know, a professional or somebody that you really just want to get a third party opinion um, from. But there's so many different, there's so many sacred things that a husband and wife share. And, you know, I think it's important to, to maintain that, um, that kind of uh, bond where you kind of trust each other with your innermost uh, stuff. Okay. And it's easier to maneuver through your marriage when you both are just being completely honest about whether it, you know, it's a hang up, it's a, a struggle, a challenge, things that you love, things that, you know, that's the kind of communication that you want. I always want to know what my husband enjoys, what he would like, what will make him feel good and the, and vice versa. And so, but that takes open communication. Like I can't just guess because I'll get it wrong every minute. Cause if you leave it up to me, you know, you might not get nothing that you want. So I have to ask, you know, so I really just want to, um, I want to, I want to leave you with this quote and that is true. Love is growing as a couple, learning about each other and never giving up on each other. It may take some time during the marriage. It, it it just might, you know, don't think you're going to get married. And then, you know, it's, it's going to be like perfection. Um, that's, that's just not realistic. Okay. Uh, putting a ring on somebody's finger does not mean that they all of a sudden turn into the perfect person. There's going to always be some challenges and some struggles, some things you don't like, some things that you could go without, some things you'd rather not have to deal with. But, you know, we're also still learning about each other. And then we don't give up on each other, even through those, even through those struggles or those hard times. You know, what can I do to help you get through this for us? 
you know, oh, I'm sorry about that, guys. Um, you know, just just be more open to having that conversation. It's a difficult conversation sometimes to have, but it's really important. Um, but if you can't imagine your life without that person in it, then you keep working at it until you get there. And if you're single, then know that you are deserving of true love. You deserve to be happy. You deserve someone who will choose you every single day. All right, y'all, I got to get out of here. I am clearly not on the best schedule when it comes to recording these podcasts. So I am committing to doing better. In the meantime, please follow and or subscribe to Keep It Cute Blog Podcast on most streaming platforms and on Facebook. Please go to my Facebook uh, page, Keep It Cute Blog, and follow the page. And uh, I will be ever so grateful. All right, guys. We'll chat soon. Peace. Thank you.